local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5 here on WSIC News Talk Radio. I am Patrick Reynolds at this drive time, 5 p.m. hour, 5.06 on the Eastern Seaboard for this Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. And thank you for being part of our WSIC News Talk family. You just heard Town Talk hosted by Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce President Bill Russell every Wednesday at 4 p.m. here on the WSIC News Talk family of networks, multiple radio frequencies, social media, always informing the community. Town Talk hosted by Bill Russell Wednesdays 4 p.m. leads right into the news drive at 5. So don't miss that. Keep you all things Chamber of Commerce informed. Our top five at five stories for the News Drive at Five that we are tracking this afternoon. Iredell Statesville Schools approved $3.5 million for new administrative offices. Todd Neal is promoted to Director of Maintenance for Mooresville Graded School District. Cornelius holds a budget planning session. The Huntersville Town Board prepares for fiscal year 2025. Basically, we've got a lot of financial information coming up for Cornelius and Huntersville. And the Aradale County Board of Commissioners had a forum last night. We will talk about that. We will also continue our ticket giveaway for the Charlotte Home in Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Coming up, we got a four-pack of tickets for a winning caller. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm will be appearing at the show Friday, February 23rd, and Saturday, the 24th. 888-STUDIO-4 is the hotline to call in. 888-844-788-3464. That's 844-788-3464. If you'd like to call in to chat about the news or anything that's going on in the local community, please do. We love to connect with you, and we will give away these tickets after our 545 break this afternoon. So it's your chance to win to the Charlotte Home in Remodeling Show, and you can take three friends. Could be a great post-Valentine's Day date. Our top story that we are tracking tonight, last night, Iredell County Board had a forum of candidates. Representative Jeff McNeely, he got choked up the other night as he made a final plea to voters at the Aradale County Farm Bureau Candidates Forum for their support of the upcoming GOP primary election. McNeely is facing a challenge from Purple Heart Homes co-founder John Galena in the March 5th primary. McNeely became emotional in his final closing statement. McNeely told the large crowd at the Aradale County Agricultural Center in Statesville, quote, Folks, it's been one of the great honors in my life to serve y'all for the last 24 years, no matter what position, but especially in the North Carolina House. He added, quote, I've worked hard. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I ain't the good-lookingest person in the room, but you won't outwork me, end quote. McNeely said his hard work has paid off for the county in the form of $143 million in state allocations during the last two budgets. 
touting his conservative voting record. He said his experience as a county planning board member, county commissioner, and in the North Carolina House make him the best choice in the Republican primary. McNeely added, quote, I've made 4,000 recorded votes. You know who I am. This is not about promises. It's about facts, end quote. During the Q&A portion of the forum, the incumbent said he has worked to secure $57 million in state funding for farmland preservation and supported increased education funding and school vouchers to give parents a choice. McNeely said, quote, this is not a popularity contest. This is about representing 88,000 people who need you, who have problems that the government brought you. I'm there for you. I've been there for you. I'll always be there for you, end quote. Galena, who is a combat-wounded veteran, making his first run for public office, told the crowd he was running to give voters a choice. If elected, he said he would continue doing what he has done for the past two decades. Galena said, quote, It's about other people and serving other people, serving our community. For my time in the North Carolina National Guard and my time running a national public charity and really being able to solve problems that exist that nobody is discussing or looking at, end quote. As a member of a local legislative delegation, Galena said he would work for all his constituents. He said, quote, ultimately, I believe we have a way of life that we want to protect. We have needs in our families. We have needs and concerns for our children and for the next generation. I never claimed to have all the answers, but leadership's taught me that I can't do it all. I certainly can't do it alone, but that I need to surround myself with good people. The job of a state legislator, Galena said in his closing, is to listen to the community, understand residents' needs, devise a plan, and then pulling together a team that can go fight for them. Chris Gilbert, a Democrat who will face the winner of the McNeely-Galena race in the November election, also participated in Monday's forum. He told the crowd he supported legislation to preserve farmland and impact fees on developers. In contrast to the GOP candidates, he did not push for deregulation of public education. Gilbert said, quote, too many mandates aren't the problem. Unfunded ones are, end quote. Early voting in the March 5th primary election begins tomorrow. That's Thursday, February 15th. Seven Republican candidates and one Democrat running for three seats on the Aridale County Board of Commissioners also participated in the forum. Republican and unaffiliated voters who choose a GOP ballot can vote for up to three commissioner candidates in the March 5th primary. During Monday's forum, incumbents Scotty Brown, Gene Halp, and Melissa Nieder defended the board's handling of the recent budget. Faced with concerns over large increases in property values, they voted with Commissioners Burt Conley and Brad Stoud to reduce the tax rate by nearly four cents. They've also put plans for a major fairgrounds renovation on the back burner until bids for the new high school come in. The board is trying for to plan for these projects while also funding the operations of 26 departments, the volunteer fire service, and helping fund the two public school systems as well as Mitchell Community College. Balancing all those needs while looking out for taxpayers is a challenge, Nieder said. She said, I quote, I show up, I participate, I get work done, end quote. Brown said he shared residents concerned about their increased tax bills 
Increased demands for new schools and other county services, the incumbent commissioner said, are caused by municipal governments who don't have to build schools approving new housing developments. We try to do a good job, but we're not perfect, Brown said. The county's budget increased from $258 million in fiscal year 22-23 to $323 million in fiscal year 23-24. Among the challengers, William Compton criticized the board for approving economic development incentives for companies that relocate to Iredell County. Richard Coleman said he has done his homework and vowed to be the most conservative commissioner possible. We've got more from this candidate forum as well as the other headlines. News Drive at 5 rolls on on this Valentine's Day. Patrick Reynolds along for the ride. WSIC News Talk. We'll be right back. The News Drive at 5 will be back shortly on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Local starts here. Call 844-STUDIO-4 now to join in the conversation on the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds on 105.9-100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5, as I think my producer Joe is trying to set a mood here on, the, on this Valentine's Day 2024. I appreciate the effort, my friend. Uh, I did wear a red shirt purposely for this broadcast. But welcome to all of you. Thank you for joining the News Drive at 5 here at WSIC News Talk on this Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, Valentine's Day, 5.18 p.m. Eastern Time. And we are about 30 minutes away from the ticket giveaway for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. I am holding up a four-pack of winning tickets right there to the social media video feed here from the studio. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm is appearing Friday, February 23rd, and Saturday, February 24th. So Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show tickets. We'll give those away in about a half an hour. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. And you don't have to wait a half an hour if you'd like to talk about the headlines, politics. Early voting opens tomorrow. Love to hear your thoughts and opinions. We've got more headlines coming up for you right now here on the News Drive at 5. A little bit more from this forum that took place Monday night. Actually, earlier in the broadcast, I incorrectly stated it was last night. My apologies. It happened Monday evening. Incumbent commissioners Melissa Nieder and Scotty Brown both used their closing statements to push back against Matthews, who claimed in an earlier forum that the property tax bills of two commissioners had decreased. Both incumbents said those claims were untrue. Brown says his taxes increased by $2,000, and Nieder said her property values increased by a total of $900,000. Beverly Maurice, a Democrat running for county commissioner in the November 5th general election, said the Board of Commissioners should consider a bond referendum to pay for several major capital projects. In other news, the Aradell Statesville Schools Board of Education on Monday approved a $3.3 million bid to construct a new 11,000-square-foot addition to the Facilities and Planning Center on the Career Academy and Technical School campus in Troutman. 
The addition will provide office space for district administrators who currently work in the ADR building in Statesville. Funding for the project will come from current expense funds moved to the capital budget through a resolution for $3 million, which was approved by the school and county commissioners in 2022 in the current fiscal year capital funds. Board Chairman Bill Howell said that the board has long recognized the need to bring all central office employees who currently work in the Race Street office in ADR building under one roof. Howell said, quote, first we have to move ADR and then Race Street. All of the administrative employees will eventually be at Katz, and it will save a lot of money as far as two less buildings to maintain, but also with travel and meetings. It will be more efficient, end quote. Tim Ivey, the ISS Chief Technology Facilities and Maintenance Officer, said construction will start sometime in March. In other matters, the board approved closing nine schools to out-of-district attendance for the 24-25 school year. The district will restrict attendance to Lake Norman, Lakeshore, Shepherd, Troutman Central, and East Iredell Elementary Schools, as well as Lakeshore Middle School and Lake Norman and South Iredell High Schools. Only students who live in those schools' districts will be allowed to attend those schools due to the schools being overcrowded or close to their state-recommended maximum class size. Out-of-district students are students who, by residence, would attend ISS and wish to attend a school outside of their designated residential attendance zone, along with students who live outside of the ISS district and wish to pay tuition to attend an ISS school. Students who currently attend a school site not within their attendance zone and those who live outside of the ISS district would be allowed to continue to attend during the 24 to 25 school year as long as they meet the district requirements outlined in the out-of-district approval letter as well as those noted in the Board of Education Policy School Assignment. The policy also outlines exceptions such as enabling siblings to attend the same school. The board also approved the 24-25 Board of Education meeting schedule. All of the meetings will begin at 6 p.m. at CATS. Meetings will continue to be held the first and second Monday of the month. However, there will be only one meeting in the months of July, September, November, and March due to holidays and spring break. The Mooresville Graded School District Board of Education has approved the appointment of Todd Neal as the district's director of maintenance. Neal has worked with the school district as the district's HVAC technician since 2020. Prior to being hired by the district, he established himself as the owner-operator of Neal's Heating and AC from 1990 until 2020. He received his heating, ventilation, and air conditioning diploma from Mitchell Community College in 1990. Neil demonstrates a unique blend of leadership and understanding of the school district's mission, vision, and goals. He has strong interpersonal skills and the ability to collaborate across all departments. Neil's work ethic and high standards during his tenure as an HVAC tech with the school district, as well as his experience as a business owner, were key considerations during the comprehensive interview process. He has a track record of providing support and fostering a positive work environment. Neil has held his pilot's license for over 20 years. In his free time, he enjoys spending time with his family, volunteering within his church community, and working on old muscle cars. 
in Cornelius. With tough decisions assuredly on the horizon, town staff and elected officials gathered for a day-long planning session at the Kane Center for the Arts last week to kick off the fiscal year 2025 budget process. The session opened with a report from communications manager Maylin Joyner, who outlined the priorities identified by roughly 600 Cornelius residents who responded to the town survey. As has been the case for the past three years, the top four priorities of the public are transportation, public safety, parks, and public works. As a whole, this year's respondents were less favorable to a tax increase compared to last year's, with the numbers flipping from 52% in favor a year ago to 52% opposed this year. While the tax rate wasn't discussed in great detail at the meeting, the conversation will ramp up at a retreat in March. Town manager Andrew Grant didn't beat around the bush regarding the town's current financial position. Grant said, quote, I look at it this way. If we're going to maintain our service level, then we still have to make investments in operating and capital. So, yes, I would say we're on a trajectory where we need more revenue. I can tell you now about everything we've talked about in terms of raising revenue. Otherwise, if we sell bonds or do a large loan for anything, we have to do a tax increase because I don't know where else the revenue is going to come from. I wish it was different, but that's where we're at if that's the honest truth. End quote. Also in Cornelius Public Safety, as the town continues its transition away from part-time volunteer firefighters, the fire department is requesting six full-time positions in the fiscal year 25 spending plan, increasing the number of full-time firefighters to 18. If funded, the move would add two full-time firefighters to the department's daily staffing, resulting in a total of 13 firefighters, six full-time and seven part-time per shift. Additionally, Fire Chief Jerry Barbie is requesting a full-time deputy chief at a cost of $143,000. Currently, the department's training captain is the only member of the administrative staff that works full-time, including Barbie. Additionally, Barbie's request totaled slightly more than $100,000, which includes funding for additional overtime, gear, training, and fuel. Barbie also requests a net increase of over $111,000 for a market-based pay adjustment for part-time staff, which would include a sliding scale based on seniority. An additional $30,000 was requested to fund an incentive program for part-time firefighters that live outside Cornelius in light of the success of the incentive program implemented for a local part-time staff. The department's capital requests total $549,000, although $200,000 in Federal American Rescue Plan Act funding will cover a portion of the total. Capital needs include new breathing apparatus devices, radio upgrades, particulate filtering hoods, new firehouse mattresses, training equipment, a portable deployable shelter, and an upgrade to the department's airbag system. On the law enforcement side of the public safety ledger, eight replacement vehicles have been requested at a cost of $625,000, making the most significant capital need. 
As was done in Davidson last year, the police department is requesting authorization to enter a $172,000 co-responder contract with Crisis, an entity that provides mental health, substance abuse, and crisis intervention services to Mecklenburg County residents. The department reported 186 calls related to mental health in 2023. The department is also requesting $55,000 to hire an architectural firm to review its headquarters and make a recommendation regarding expansion or a new facility altogether. Since the current department office opened in 2002, the police department staff have increased nearly twofold from 47 workers to 85. We've got more from the Cornelius Town Budget. We'll get into the Huntersville Town Budget. Lots of budgets going on here. Lots of meetings. News Drive at 5 rolls on. Patrick Reynolds along for the ride here on WSIC. We'll be right back. Stick around for more of the News Drive at 5. Coming up on 105.9 100.7 WSIC. Call 844-STUDIO-4 now to join in the conversation on the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds on 105.9-100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 for this Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. Patrick Reynolds hosting the News Drive at 5. I like the theme that producer Joe is putting together here for the holiday. Kind of just kind of puts you in a sweetheart mood here on the News Drive at 5 at WSIC News Talk. We are about 10 to 15 minutes away for our ticket giveaway for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. Got a four-pack of winning tickets going to a lucky caller after our next commercial break. February 23rd, 4th, and 5th is the show at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm is appearing on Friday, February 23rd and Saturday, February 24th. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. Call that now if you want to talk about the news. Call that later if you'd like to win the tickets. 844-788-3464. Back to the headlines in the Cornelius Parks and Rec Department as they work on their fiscal year and their budget. Significant requests in the areas include $500,000 to replace the playground at Legion Park, which isn't currently ADA accessible, and $300,000 for track renovations at Bailey Road Park, although Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools could potentially cover half of that expense. On the public works side of things, $950,000 has been requested to cover the town's commitment to street resurfacing projects on an every-other-year basis. The funding would cover the resurfacing of roughly five miles of town-maintained roads. Jumping to Huntersville and their budget, Managing the town's growth remains the top priority as the Huntersville Town Board begins to prepare its fiscal year 2025 budget while facing a significant shortfall of funds. Town staff of the board spent two days at the Grayland Estate in Winston-Salem last week discussing the state of the town and upcoming needs as capital improvement projects get underway. 
Planning Director Brian Richards opened the budget workshop with statistics on how the town can grow over the last year and what the planning staff expects for the coming year. He said the population grew about 3% from 22 to 23 to about 65,000, and planners expect the population to reach over 106,000 by the year 2040. Richard says home building was down in 2023, primarily due to sewer capacity concerns, but also due to a lack of available lots and infrastructure, along with the slowing of the economy. Just under 300 homes were built compared to 450 in 2022 and 750 in 2021. Commercial growth, however, made huge gains with an investment of slightly under $300 billion in 2023, which includes commercial uplift and new construction. The town has over 8 million square feet of commercial space permitted or in construction. Downtown Huntersville is attracting more commercial interest with the opening of 760 Craft Works and the construction of the Huntersville Town Center mixed-use development. Richards urged the board to set some goals for how to revitalize the area now that new energy has been infused into the heart of the town. Richards explains, quote, One thing I do want to point out is if you look at Town Center, it's less than 1% of our land mass. So when we start talking about downtown and what we want to do, think about this. You're talking about 1% of our area. It's okay for 1% of our area to be different. It should be different. So let's go ahead and make it great. End quote. Dozens of improvements to roads and sidewalks, which will cost hundreds of millions of dollars, are planned for the town in the coming years to increase connectivity. Several roads will be extended and sidewalks will be added in places where connections are needed to other sidewalks or they are needed for the safety of pedestrians. The goal is to give residents options to move through town, lessening traffic jams on main roads. Town manager Anthony Roberts said, quote, you can see up here we're trying to make meaningful connections by filling in the gaps, end quote. Engineering director Stephen Trott highlighted the success of the Main Street project, which was 15 to 20 years in the making for improving the flow of traffic in downtown Huntersville without widening North Carolina 115. The project added roundabouts to the north and south of downtown on North Carolina 115, improved Main Street to handle more traffic, added sidewalks, and upgraded the railroad crossing. Robert said projects like this give you additional choices of connectivity. Planned projects will also dramatically improve safety for pedestrians and enhance pedestrian bridge, which flashes lights for pedestrians to cross when they push a button, is planned for Greenway Street at North Carolina 115. North Carolina 115 in front of North Mecklenburg High School also get an enhanced crossing or a high-intensity activated crosswalk for Hawk, the acronym. Hundreds of students start across that road to go to the shopping center. Hawk signals acts as a stoplight when a pedestrian pushes the button to cross. Roberts said, quote, if it saves one kid's life, it's worth every penny of it, end quote. Huntersville commissioners chose to reassess three of the road projects currently in the town's capital improvement plan. The previous board halted work on a plan to connect David Kenny Farm Road to Burkdale Commons Parkway with a roundabout 
once the North Carolina DOT completes work on North Carolina 73. Commissioners agreed to stay the course. Commissioner Nick Walsh said, quote, probably given the fact that the North Carolina 73 work is not starting until 2028, and obviously, obviously we've got a bit of a budget shortfall that we have to deal with, that would be a good one to keep on a hold pattern, end quote. The board also paused work on the planned extension of Church Street from Delwood Drive to Holbrooks Road to hold more community engagement sessions to determine if it's a project that residents want. The third project may be out of the town's hands. Residents have asked the town to reassess the closing of the Delwood Drive rail crossing. For the town to create a rail crossing when Stumptown Road is extended to meet an extended Siegel Street, it must close two public crossings, Delwood Drive and Ramachurch Road, and four private crossings as required by Norfolk Southern, which owns the rail line. Robert said the town can repeat traffic counts on Delwood Drive and Gibson Park Drive, but he doubts that Norfolk Southern will agree to change which crossing is closed. Huntersville will have several additional funded requests to incorporate into the next budget. The next fiscal year will be the first with full-time firefighter positions included for the full year. The Huntersville Police Department is also asking for 15 additional officers over the next year to account for the population growth. Additionally, Finance Director Patty McGinnis explained that the town will be taking on more than $5 million in debt service payments to cover the new town hall and general obligation bonds for transportation and parks and recreation project. She says, quote, I don't think our tax revenue is going to cover our expenses by $6 million, end quote. Roberts told the board that some projects may not be funded and the tax rate has yet to be set so not to focus on the shortfall yet. The preliminary budget is expected to be presented to the board on May the 6th. In Lincolnton, a total of $31 million in state-allocated funds makes a big difference in a county budget. The Lincoln County Board of Commissioners breezed through their second fiscal year 2025 budget planning retreat last month in less than an hour, the workshop focused solely on developmental services, solid waste, and public utilities. Said County Manager Devin Madden at the conclusion of the presentation by Andrew Bryant, the county's development services directory, quote, If this was a different year and this was all county financing, we may have had to sharpen our pencils. I think Andrew did a good job of outlining why those needs were there. We've got more from the Lincolnton budget and your ticket giveaway coming up. Patrick Reynolds, News Drive at 5. We'll be back. More of the News Drive at 5 after we pay the bills on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Now, back to more of the News Drive at 5 with your host, Patrick Reynolds, on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. As you can tell by the music, it is Valentine's Day 2024 on this Wednesday, February 14th, 5.48 p.m. on the east coast of the United States. 
And you can tell by the rejoin music, it's good stuff. It is Valentine's Day. I hope everybody is having a wonderful Wednesday out there. <clears throat> I've got a plan for a date afternoon for you here. Great time. We're ready to give out this four-pack of tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Sh Charlotte right now. Call in. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. You win that winning four-pack of tickets right now. Next week, you could take some friends, have a nice little Valentine's Day date. Good show. Good show coming up. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. Come in, call in, talk about the news, or win those Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show tickets right now. Phone lines are open. Back to news from Lincolnton and their budget. The breakdown of state funding related to use, uh, there includes $18.5 million for the Riverhead Water Project, almost $1.5 million for the Laboratory Wastewater, $10 million for other utility projects, and $2 million for solid waste projects. State-funded projects Related to the Denver area include the East North Carolina 150 waterline replacement for $1 million. Unity Church Graham Road waterline replacement with a $2.2 million cost. And while not related solely to the eastern side of the county, advanced metering infrastructure improvements, which will streamline meter reading in more densely populated areas and offer better customer service, will cost $5 million. For fiscal year 2026, there's a Campground Road waterline replacement slated for $1.5 million in state funds. Several equipment and vehicle replacements are included in their fiscal year 25 budget, the most expensive of which is a replacement of a trash compactor with a $1 million price tag. Well, not a huge budget item, but a new commercial grass mower will be purchased for $20,000 to be utilized at the Killian Creek Wastewater Treatment Plant to transition away from a lawn cutting service. With the expansion, they have a lot more area to cut. Uh, they transitioned that week to a 24-hour operation at that plant, which should free up staff time so there are more people at the plant it should free up their daytime staff to cut and maintain that site. Not related to what was discussed as far as the fiscal year 25 budget, they spoke at the end of the workshop about rumors that have been circulating on social media about plans for the Maine County Library in Lincolnton. Officials said a lot of people think they know a lot of things that they don't know. Assumption is the root of all evil. Let's put one thing to rest. There have been no decisions made on where the Lincolnton Library is going to go. There will be a new library built on the eastern side of the county, but the location has not been decided, according to Commissioner Bud Cessna. The next scheduled budget workshop is the joint session between the commissioners and the Lincoln County Board of Education, which will be held Thursday, March 14th at 6 p.m., at the Board of Education offices on Jeb Siegel Drive. In Mooresville, more money being spent by design. Money was the capital theme throughout the town's board's budget planning retreat last week. 
Updates on the town's financial status, funding options, and capital project priorities provided the foundation for department director updates about anticipated operational expenditures, as well as proposed new ventures for elected officials to ponder as budgeting season approaches. However, while dollars drove the agenda, another topic became a recurring theme during the three days of discussions about town priorities, possibilities, and potential problems. A big one if you've been in downtown Mooresville is parking. With Finance Director Chris Quinn's summary of the town's solid monetary footing, bolstered by peak bond ratings, steadily decreasing debt obligations, and $48 million capital projects fund war chest, Parking is the jumping-off point for retreat proceedings. The shift focused to specific projects with a long-discussed downtown parking deck and the evolving issues it would help address. That was their center stage. A parking deck with public spaces along the first two blocks of North Church Street in Mooresville behind Main Street businesses has been pursued by the town for years. But finances, logistics, and an altered perspective on the type of development it would accompany ultimately led to the mutual abandonment of a 2022 public-private partnership agreement with the Langsine Melbourne Group for the project. However, at the retreat, which was held last week at the Charles Mack Citizen Center, Engineering Service Director Ashton Walker introduced what she described as P3 Project 2.0, re-energizing discussion about the highest and best use of town-owned property with an alignment for the town's downtown master plan vision. They want to provide additional downtown parking, improve more avenue pedestrian facilities, and enhance the Church Street frontage. The proposal with Walker and interim town manager Jim Landon repeatedly emphasizing its strictly conceptual nature The project included a a three-and-a-half-story, 260-space parking structure at the Moore Avenue end of the Church Street property, positioned between a three-story commercial and town office space building on the Moore and Church corner and a completed renovated north parking parking lot alley between Moore Avenue and Center Avenue behind Main Street businesses. In Walker's P3 multi-phase proposal, the vacant town-owned parcel at the corner of Center Avenue and Church Street would then be available for development after parking facilities were completed. Walker's construction cost estimate for the parking structure was $12.2 million, with the lot and the alley piece estimated to cost an additional $1.5 million. In general, commissioners voiced support for the parking structure concept, but emphasized the importance of business owner support for north parking lot changes while also questioning the ratio of parking spaces gained versus those lost. The presentation indicated the new facility and related changes would result in a net gain of 115 parking spaces with commissioners, some with statements, others through nods, indicating they may not be enough based on the investments. Commissioners did, however, stress the importance of getting a downtown parking plan in place and then asked staff to return with more details and options, including the possibility of additional parking deck levels. 
We've got more later this week on all the budget talk around the town, around Lake Norman. Early voting starts tomorrow. But right now, we are gearing up, shifting gears a little bit for the top of the hour. As every weekday, that follows the news drive at 5. The scoreboard comes up at 6 p.m., and Joe Berg hosts that. He's here producing this show here, getting it, kind of getting the audio going here, as well as prepping for the scoreboard. Joe, what do you got for us tonight on the scoreboard? What's coming up uh, here just at the top of the hour? Well... We got one more game in high school basketball before we get to postseason action. So we're going to recap all the games from last night. Closer and closer to Daytona. So mm-hmm. we're going to hear from a couple of drivers tonight and some college football playoff news that we didn't get to yesterday. It is February. It is. And you have college football playoff news. I do because there is a big number that was thrown around by ESPN. And uh, mm. it deserves to be talked about. You teased that to me, but I think it was just last night during a commercial break yesterday that it might be coming up on the show. And Sounds like you didn't have time? Yeah, we had other information. Yeah. And then towards the end of the show, just kind of ran through some of the things that we talked about and saved this one for when we have a little more time. I got to give you credit. I want to point out, I, was, I, I listen to the scoreboard on my when after I leave the stadium. I'm an audience member. I listen to your show. Thank you. Well, you ought to. I hope so. I hope, hope somebody's listening. Okay, I got an audience of one. That's good. At least one. Uh, but I got I to gotta tip my hat to you at how much you pay attention to local high school sports. We talk about you know some of the national stuff going, but your focus is on local, which is all like WSIC's foundation. It's easy to jump on the Super Bowl, which you did not until Friday, and then we talked about it Monday. But... The local scene, Iredell County, Statesville, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Mac. Yeah. A little bit. That's that's your jam, man. And we, I got to I got to give you credit for giving a, a platform and, and uh, the news and exposure to the the young students well, here. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I've been all over it trying to keep people informed as to yeah. what's going on, who's doing good in in the area. And look, there's a few schools that have a real chance at a basketball state title here. And we'll jump away from the students and schools to the national headlines, as I'm going to jump in as we're almost to 6 o'clock, and that means about two hours away from Daytona 500 time trials. Just we'll, about. We'll set the duels for tomorrow. I've been I've been teasing you all week. Here's my front row prediction. Okay. I will have my Daytona Speed Weeks predictions tomorrow for everything tonight. Outside front row. Front row is deciding your outside front row will be Alex Bowman. Okay. And your poll winner. For the 500 on Sunday, I'm calling it now, William Byron. All Hendrick front row. We're going to have, for like the third or fourth year in a row, we're going to have an all Hendrick. Fourth year in a row with a Hendrick car on have. I'm I'm calling it, so I got one low-hanging fruit there. Alex Bowman, most ever front row starts in the Daytona 500. Interesting stat. See, you got it all. You got high school, (laughs) you got NASCAR. News Drive at 5, Patrick Reynolds. Good night, everybody. See you tomorrow. Serving you better than ever before. 1059 100.7 WSIC Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.